Welcome everybody to the business podcast where we pour out weekly business lessons from entrepreneurs and business owners from around the world. I'm your host, Super Joe Pardo, and my guest today is making his dreams come true by empowering others to realize their dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are right now, I need you to give a big warm welcome to our guest, Johnny Cooper. Woo! Hey, yo. <laughs> How are you? That is, a, that is a hell of an intro for a, a wet Monday morning in, in the Midlands of England, I can tell you. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I haven't been to England just yet, but, but I do plan on getting there at some point when I want to be depressed about the weather. Exactly. Bring your brolly. <laughs> Johnny, why don't you get started by giving some background about yourself? Uh, sure. I, I'm, uh, I think of myself as an accidental business coach. Um, I'm a, an entrepreneur at heart. I've launched dozens of businesses and um, I had a pretty big business that we grew, um, as you say, in the States to an eight-figure turnover back in the early 2000s. And we sold our eight-figure business to uh, to a publicly listed company who bought us out, basically. So it was quite a nice outcome. Um, but so, some of the clients I had in that business, it was a you know financial advisory firm, basically. Some of the corporate clients wanted to hang out with me after we sold the business and wanted to continue to get my advice on their business. And they saw me as a bit of an exit strategist, you know, having sold my my enterprise. So I was getting all kinds of engagements, just really by accident. And, um, you know, somebody said to me, hey, it looks like you're becoming a business coach. I went, OK, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, for the last kind of, uh, you know, 15 years or so, um, I've uh, been advising startups, uh, entrepreneurs, other business owners, executives, that kind of stuff. Um, just on a whole range of things. And, and just this year, I've kind of focused it down a bit more with my online coaching platform, which is called The Success Party. Uh, I'm allowed to plug on it, thesuccessparty.com. That's where I hang out these days. And uh, that's really about, you know, um, helping people market their businesses in a simple and logical and clear fashion um there's just so much noise online these days from you know self-styled marketing gurus and i kind of push back against that i mean i've launched a podcast called johnny hates marketing so you know you, you get the idea um you know i hate a lot of these self-styled gurus and really don't resonate with their you know very uh, kind of in-your-face messages which are clearly designed you know just to make them money and to hell with whether you make any or not. So I'm all about, you know, authenticity in marketing, simplicity and clarity. And that's the message, hopefully, that I, I put out to um, my clients these days. And actually, that the whole marketing message is how you and I wound up connecting in the first place, um, yeah, right. which uh, <laughs> I, it was, it was uh, uh, oh, who was it? Uh, Scott. Scott, Scott introduced us yeah. because because I said that uh, marketing is BS and uh, <laughs> so yeah so I'm I'm super glad to to have you on the show and and uh, to to sh get to share your story um so let's let's go back uh, to where you you started uh, when you were like I'm going to start my f first business which your mm. was your first business the one that you exited from. Um, pretty much. Yeah. Before okay. that, I was just a financial advisor who worked for an insurance company, which was, you know, kind of, 
uh, salutary experience. You know, it just made me understand that I didn't ever want to work for anybody again, basically. <laughs> so, okay. So, so let's go back to the, the, some of the steps you took when you decided you were going to start that business. And then we'll, we'll jump up to when uh, you were starting to make the decision to exit out of it. Um, yeah, okay. Well, look, I, I think like, like a lot of people, when they start their own business, they do what they know. Um, you know, many of the startups that I deal with now are really just implying their transferable skills from when they were doing stuff for somebody else to just doing the same thing for themselves. And, you know, if there's one, if there's one lesson when you start a business, Joe, you know, it has to be do something, you know, you know, do something you're good at. There's plenty of, plenty of things you could do <laughs> you know ideas are not in short supply but the ability to execute those ideas generally comes from you know something you've at least got some experience in so uh, you know it's got to be lesson one and then you know just make sure that that uh, that skill that you've got is actually in demand you know it's something that you can take out to a market that's at least ready ready to listen to you so uh, you know if you're looking for some bullet points number one uh, you know, do something you know. Number two, make sure it's something that people actually want. <laughs> well, yeah, are we well, getting, I mean, are we getting no, in over this? Is that what's, what's your What's your story? What were the first steps you took when you, you know, got were getting into your business? Yeah, I mean, your the, original business. Well, it, it's going back a while. This this is going back, uh, you know, before the turn of the millennium when you were just a boy, I guess. Boy, but, I'm, th uh, I'm, th I'm 31, oh, yeah. man. I was, okay. I was, a, yeah. I was a teenager then. Yeah, <laughs> just about. Um, yeah, I mean, I tell you exactly what I did. Um, I, I was getting leads for my employer. Uh, I was finding clients for my employer. Um, by writing articles in newspapers and periodicals, you know, got myself in magazines, started positioning myself as a thought leader under the umbrella of the business that I work for. And I just thought to hell with this, you know, I'm making somebody else rich, doing something really cool and smart. So I just decided to do that for myself. And I, you know, resigned, got a license um, from the regulator at the time and just started putting myself out to the same people. Uh doing what I was doing for my employer, but doing it for me, which was, you know, writing articles in newspapers. I mean, in those days, you know, there pretty much weren't any blogs around. It was all kind of just getting stuff published, you know, in uh, on paper. And uh, as we grew the business, we did it through more and more through the internet. You know, uh, we were one of the first financial advice firms in the early 2000s to actually, you know, have a website, let alone a blog, you know, and reach out to people via email and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I've been doing all this good stuff since the since the dawn of the internet, you could say, I guess, which, you know, makes me feel really old. <laughs> um, but, you know, what worked then still works now. You know, it's about engagement it's about having a message that people want to hear you know identifying your audience and reaching out to them with with good content you know a, i guess at heart i'm a content marketer and oh wow they, you know, that's the bottom line so let's talk about uh like fast forwarding a bit to when you decided that you know it's time to to exit and get out of there what what, what why why were you interested in in selling at that point yeah, I mean, selling the business for me is a, is a natural progression for anyone in business. Look, um, 
everybody who owns a firm um, falls out of love with it at some point. You know, it's almost unheard of that, uh, you know, you start a business and all those feelings that you have when you start a business, you know, continue forever. Um, and uh, I think it's tragic when I look around and see business owners who are just treading water. You know, they're bored with their business and they haven't recognized it. They just keep on keeping on trying to get the same results that they got when they were massively engaged with it and enthusiastic and it was their baby. Um, for us, that was kind of seven years, you know, classic seven year itch. Uh, we grew it for seven years and just one morning we came in the office and I said to my business partner, I don't know about you, but I'm a bit bored with this. And he said, you know what? I'm so glad you said it first because I am too. And, um, in the next three months, we just stumbled across an opportunity to get out. We found a company who was acquiring businesses like ours. And we put a little flag up, you know, you don't want to be too keen. You don't want to make them, you don't want to let the market know that you're ready to sell because that crushes your value, of course. Um, but we just opened a, a conversation, just had a sensible engagement with them. And they went, yeah, OK, let's have a look. You know, let's talk. And we danced around for 90 days with them, I guess, and, and did the deal. And uh, November 2003, we got what we wanted. They got what we wanted. And uh you know, we both moved on and did something else, which was more exciting to us at the time. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, gr that's a great lesson, really. You know, um, everything I've started since, I've started with the exit in mind. You know, I almost deconstructed it from a business that I've sold and gone back to the beginning. And, uh, you know, kind of shaped it because there, there, are, there are key things you have to do if your business is ever going to be attractive to anyone else. You know, you've got to put in place a, a structure that makes you redundant. You can't grow a business just around you because no one's going to buy that then, are they? It's no, no good to anyone if it's all about you. So you know, it has to be a business that stands or falls without you there. Uh, and that, that that's kind of the main thing that I do now. When it, whenever I launch a business, you know, I build stuff which works without me being there. Um, well, yeah, I mean that's that the, the whole process thing. I mean, I know we talked about it when we talked before about uh, you know that processes is my my thing, and and that's where yeah. uh, you know I, I come in and help business owners get everything into a process so that the the ultimate goal is so that if they want to sell it at some point, they have something of value. I mean, you yeah. could be doing lots and lots of business, but if it all revolves around you, the moment you're gone uh, and because you sold it, it's going to start to fall apart. Uh, because you you were that the, the the common denominator for for creating all that business, regardless if you have tons and tons of employees, like if everything still oh. is like back to you, um, in a in a very direct way, then it's going to fall apart if you're not there. Sure, and it, it also sucks even if you're not thinking of selling the business right now. If you're doing everything and everything comes back to you, you know the old fashioned kind of nineteen fifties buck stops with me kind of boss you know it just really really sucks big time because you know you can't go on holiday you're constantly stressed out because you're thinking about everything that's going on anywhere in your business and uh, it's just a bonkers way to work you know as we say in the uk do you use that word bonkers in the states or is that nice and english? uh that's that's mostly english yeah, yeah it's bonkers. <laughs> you hear people say it like once in a while but usually it's like older people would say that 
oh dear so yeah. i'm either old and english or just english um <laughs> but yeah no it, it's a crazy way to work you know and, and i think one of the things i challenge business owners on all the time is you know why are you doing that you know only do what only you can do and that's the real value of of you running the business you know only do what only you can do don't do the stuff that everybody else can do you know the easy stuff and uh, certainly make yourself redundant you know um I, I, I tested this years ago with another business I had. We were actually in fractional ownership of floating condos, which sounds a bit exotic, probably more so than it was. But I, I um, we, we were going crazy with sales and it was just mad. And uh, I just took a decision. I, I said to my CEO at the time, I said, look, I'm going to just disappear. I'm going to go away for six weeks. And just see what happens. And I did that. And, and you know what? I was still there when I got back. And it was actually doing better when I got back than it was before I left. <laughs> it just goes to show this, uh, the idea that, you know, the business lives and dies around you is probably just just an ego thing rather than reality. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it, you know, I, I always say you need to build your business for your lifestyle, not your lifestyle for your business. And it's um, it falls yeah. into that and that that trap of like because you know what? When you're getting started, everything is, you know, goes through you because it, it probably sure. is just you, maybe one or two other people. But but it's probably just you getting when you're getting started and you have to do everything. And it's just when you when you don't um, take the time to, to hit the pause button and like collect your thoughts and collect all the the things that you're actually doing to like put someone else in place for those things. That's when you, you know, end up doing everything and you can't take a six week vacation because it probably will fall apart and you'll come back to a lot less than what you had. Um, Unless you've hired the right people that like, Oh no, uh, Johnny's not (laughs) here. Uh, you know, why don't we just take it up? I'm going to take it upon myself to just like start to put like processes in place. Um, cause everything can't go back to him if he's not here. Yeah, no, sure. And you said something interesting then, which, which I think raises another point. You said, um, put some, somebody else in place that can do it. You know, in the modern age, um, it doesn't need to be somebody else. It could be something else. And one of the things I'm working really, really hard on now with the success party is, automation and online courses and um i'm just well i'm I'm, realistically i'm probably going to launch in the new year i keep telling people it's just around the corner i'm just about to launch but you know these things take time to put in place but it's kind of a one one one-time investment that pays off forever and um there's a there's a there's a real kind of icon a business model i'm basing this on a guy called Stu mclaren he's a canadian guy stew.me uh, is his is a very memorable domain and uh, he he runs online courses and he shows other people how to run them but his his extravagant claim is that he's built a lifestyle where he actually just works the month of January each year and he sets up all his content all his online courses all his automation tests it like crazy to make sure it works and it won't break all his email campaigns etc and he just pushes the button and then he goes away for the rest of the year. Now, I know that's not strictly true. Clearly, you know, he's all in the wheels. He's keeping an eye on stuff. He's monitoring. But, you know, what a great idea that is and what a great opportunity we have with the Internet and with the tools that we have at our disposal now. You know, the email automation stuff, the funnel builders, you know, the ability to, to create an online course of value, set up Facebook campaigns for an indefinite future, you know. And... uh 
even if you don't do that, you know, it's an interesting goal to say that I'm just going to work a month in 2018. You know, I'm not going to make a six figure business or seven figure business or whatever you want. What you'll probably end up doing, you know, is working three months out of the year or, you know, working 10 hours a week or something like that. But, you know, having those kind of extravagant goals is is only now possible. You know, I couldn't have done that with my business back in the 90s and early 2000s. The the tools just weren't there. You know, the opportunities weren't there. But we're, we're, we're alive at such an exciting time in history, aren't we, Joe? You know, where you know, anything we imagine is possible. It literally is. And, you know, if, if Stu McLaren's even only partly right that, you know, he works a month a year, it's it's an exciting prospect, isn't it? That it's possible to to do that and shoot for that. I, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I, well, I I think that that getting to that point. I mean, again, that's building your your business for your lifestyle, not your lifestyle for your business. And yeah. I think uh, I think the important thing there is is I'm sure that he didn't do that the first year that he tried to Mm-mm. do that. I'm sure it, it's taken many uh, times oh, man, yeah. uh, and many months of, of like, oh, I'm going yeah, I mean, to do I, this, I, and yeah. then I, I, I believe know. he's a he's a 15 year veteran at that. But oh wow, yeah, yeah. But that's that's only because you know way back then. Well, it's not only because, but it's partly because way back then the tools weren't there. Yeah. Know, and he's taken advantage of the tools. I think if you look at stuff like that, you know, it's possible to reverse engineer those kind of businesses. And, you know, it sounds a bit sneaky just, just kind of looking at it and taking it apart. But, hey, you know, car makers have been doing that for decades, haven't they? They buy a competitor's car and take it to pieces and then they build something better. Um, and you can definitely do that with stuff you see online if if you think it's working and it looks cool you know you can disassemble facebook campaigns you can you know you can reverse engineer funnels that there are people out there will hack funnels for you you know funnel hacking is a thing isn't it these days (laughs) and uh you know i'm 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 certainly going to try that and you know you can add much more value because you can do crazy amounts of stuff you know if you put an evergreen course together that's got you know video training and you know stuff that really really works and is really really valuable uh, knowing that you're going to sell it to hundreds, if not thousands of people, you can put together a course that one-on-one would be unaffordable for anybody. You know, you'd probably have to charge $30,000 or something for it if you were just selling it to one person. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very captivated by the idea of building incredible value and just showing people, you know, how to do stuff that's incredibly valuable to them and then being able to deliver it to them for you know 500 bucks or something because you're delivering it to hundreds of other people that seems to me like a real exponential 21st century business you know yeah no that definitely um now johnny how did your family take it when you were first telling them that you were going to exit your business i i imagine like things are going well and or at least well monetarily (laughs) yeah i remember people saying that i was crazy and you know, we, we, we took pause, you know, I mean, we, we looked at all the numbers. Um, I mean, we, we, you know, we had a business that I'm not, I'm not saying this to in any way make me sound like, you know, some super, super guy who, you know, made himself wealthy. Uh, it, it's almost embarrassing to talk about it now, but I mean, we, we were, we were pulling 25 grand a month out of that business, you know, and there were two of us. Uh, I drove a Ferrari. I had a 360, which was the the new Ferrari in you know 2002. Um, you know, I had, a, I had a two million dollar house, um, and you know, I was I was living the dream, baby. You know, 
that only comes from large amounts of regular monthly income. But equally, you know, we were burned out. And uh, I think all the people that really knew us said, you know, you're doing the right thing. And, you know, cashing in your chips and getting a getting a, a capital sum cannot be underestimated. You know, it is even if you're, you'll never again have a 25 grand a month income, you know, having a seven figure sum in the bank, you know, it, it, it gets you more than just income, doesn't it? It gets you choices. It gets you financial freedom. It gets you the ability to to plan stuff in a more relaxed fashion. You know, everything we were doing in this big business, you know, we had 200 staff, we had eight offices around the UK. So everything we were doing was just predicated on keeping our income going, keeping this huge machine, this huge monster fed every month, you know. And uh, I would never do that again, you know. It touches on what we've been talking about for the last 10 minutes. You know, there are easier ways to build a big business that gives you tons of income these days. You don't need all that stuff anymore. So the the quick answer to your question is, yeah, people were going, you're going to sell it? Wow, what are you going to do? And, you know, I was going, I don't know. Isn't it great? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do. That that was probably more exciting than anything anything else, you know, that we just didn't know what we were going to do. But we knew that, you know, we'd have some choices that we didn't have when we were tied to the business. Well, I, I think it also goes to to show for the fact that like when you're at the you know at the quote unquote top and like you you've experienced all the things you've wanted to experience from having you know having that money having that business having that that drive in the first place um, and drive was kind of a pun uh, for the Ferrari yeah um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that, that, I didn't even mention the racing car so yeah oh. <laughs> talk talk about drive yeah, talk so about the three sixty wasn't even wasn't even the racing car. Well, it wasn't in no. That was a road car, man. Jesus, we 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 had the literally racing cars as well that that we raced, and uh, you know uh, a, anything that you imagine a racing car is going to cost, you just just double it, and you're somewhere near to what it actually costs. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, but I I think there's um. Uh, oh, so I mean, you mean like actual racing cars, not not like on know. on a racetrack? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. look, um, here, here's the truth um, of of that kind of lifestyle. You know, I spent I spent most of my money on racing cars, um, road cars, and and women, right? And the rest of it, I just wasted. <laughs> So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that pesky thing called eating. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, hey, so, those are the days. So I think I know what you're going to say, but like, wh- what's your hobby outside of, of running your business now? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't define anything as a hobby these days. It sounds a bit geeky. sounds a bit kind of, you know, train spotting kind of thing. Um and and also, you know, here's another thing that I've realised is that there there is there is no work life balance. It's all just life, you know. And if your work is fun and engaging and exciting, then that's just part of part of life, you know. The other stuff that I do is around family. You know, I, I have a I, I'm blessed to have another opportunity to have a young family. My little lad is is just two years old, which is fantastic. And uh, 
yeah, I race cars. I play the piano. I'm, I'm a lifetime musician. Uh, I guess if somebody said, you know, really deep down, Johnny, what are you? I would say I'm a musician. You know, I've been doing that since I was a kid. So, yeah, I play music. I, I race cars. I do business. I hang out with my family. And, um, yeah, it, it's all in balance. But it's it's just life, isn't it? It's just a life. As, as it should be, as it should be. I want to remind everyone that they're listening to the business podcast. I'm Super Joe Pardo, and I'm interviewing the amazing Johnny Cooper. Johnny, what's been your biggest roadblock for you? Uh, it has been and it remains my biggest roadblock. Um, it's procrastination and distraction. Uh, I guess when you... You know, when you learn a bit about life and you study a lot of different stuff, you know, with a with a view of creating a full and, and rich life, there's just so much coming in all the time, isn't there? And, you know, we leave our channels open. I think that's the right thing to do so that, you know, we, we listen to stuff, we get access to stuff. People that we find interesting are sending us stuff all the time. Um, and, you know, distraction is a, is a real issue. And I, I find I have to work hard every single day to you know, give myself quiet space to work and create. Otherwise, I'm just reading other people's blogs, watching other people's videos. Uh, and it's all overwhelming. And, you know, if people are good at that, and there's a lot of people who are really, really good at that these days, they'll kind of make you want to listen to their stuff. You know, they'll they'll suck every last minute of your time. Oh, sign up for this webinar. Just listen for this. Watch this video. It's only eight minutes, you know. Um, before you know what's happening, you've you've spent eight minutes a dozen times, and you you got no time left to do stuff. So, yeah, I'm I'm still wrestling with that. I mean, I'm I'm not as bad as some people. For instance, I don't listen to news, so I have no news alerts. I have no idea what's going on in the sense of you know politics, um, natural disasters, you know, muggings, killings, mass murders. I do not expose myself to any of that because there is no purpose to it. There is no purpose. The only purpose to a news channel is to get you addicted to the news channel. So, you you know, you consume more of it. So, yeah, I guess that's a long rambling answer. But, you know, the, the short answer is I, I the, the biggest roadblock to me is distraction and getting overwhelmed with incoming stuff that, that may or may not be useful. No, I I hear you. It's easy to fall down those rabbit holes. I've I've been there myself. Um, you know, growing up, Johnny, what what was your childhood dream? Uh, I wanted to be a successful musician. So yeah, I was I was playing keyboards, playing Hammond organ and Fender Rhodes piano. If any of your listeners are are, are up with the uh, with the with the types of keyboards, uh, but I was touring, and by the time I was 20 i was in a band you know we thought we were going to make it uh we didn't clearly but you know the dream was there and uh yeah we hung around a lot of smoky bars and, and pubs probably more than we should have done uh but it was a good lifestyle you know i was a pro musician till i was 28 and then i i i kind of had a realization that uh you know it's only going to keep me poor you know i might be happy on one level but I, I, I wanted more, you know, I was with a girlfriend at the time who, 
you know, I wanted more for her than just hanging about being a bum musician, you know, and uh, not not uh, not creating a lifestyle. And I think, you know, for for, for anyone, you know, that, and I, I've realized this as the years have gone by that if you want to make a difference, if you want to be any use to anyone, if you if you want to have a purpose in life, uh, you know, it's much easier to do that when you've actually, you know, at least paid your bills and you got some money. I, I don't think there's any nobility to being a struggling artist. I really don't. And uh, I think the the universe is just trying to tell you that you're actually not a very good artist if you're struggling. You know, it's it's eminently possible to make money as a musician and you know, as a, in any kind of art. And uh, you know, if you ain't making money, you, you, you're in the wrong business. I think just do something else that does make money. And, you know, create an impact and maybe keep your music as a leisure pursuit, which is what I do. I'm a, actually, do you know what? I'm a much better musician than I ever was when I was trying to make a living out of it. So figure that one out. Oh, because you're relaxed and, you know, it's you, you probably actually yeah. practice instead of working uh, to make the, you know, to make the gigs instead. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. I'm sure that's right. And you have the space for it too, right? Like you have the bandwidth for because you, again, you're not trying to like worry about am I going to be able to pay my bills? Am I going to be able to eat? Where's the next meal going to come from? And how's all that going to work out for me? You, you know, you're just you, you just clean like a clear clean slate. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I try and practice effortless mastery and in, in, in on my keyboard now, and uh, that's just chilling out and just playing unconsciously. You know, just getting on with it. Yeah. And, and and you're right, you know, it must be the same for artists as well. You know, if you're trying to pay the bill by pay the bills with 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 painting stuff, uh, you know, you've got to do what, what people want to buy, I guess, which isn't necessarily your true voice. So, um, yeah, you know, we, we covered a lot of ground today. But, you know, I guess the, the, the answer to your question, that was my childhood dream. And, you know, it, it I realized it wasn't it wasn't realistic. You know, it wasn't it wasn't going to get me where I wanted to be. So. It's it's no longer a dream. It's you know it's it's a beautiful reality that I just play music uh, for fun. So besides being a Liam Neeson lookalike at parties, what do your dreams oh, yeah. of the future look like? <laughs> look like? <laughs> Stop it! Um, <laughs> you probably get that uh, all the time. <laughs> I wish you were the first to say that. Yeah, but, you, but, you, but you're, you're just not. Um, what, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> what do your dreams of the future look like? Uh, yeah, my dreams are to um, to automate, uh, to delegate, and you know, to get the hell out of working in the business, um, but work on the business for the benefit of my, uh, you know, ultimate lifestyle, benefit of my family. Um, I want to spend more time in the sun. You know, it sucks living in the UK. So you know, <laughs> all you all you American citizens who've you know, who live in sunny parts, stay there. It's more fun than living in, in the rain. Um, I, I, there's a beautiful island called Tenerife in the Canary Islands. It's off the African coast and it's, you know, subtropical. It's only four hours by plane from the UK and I'm going to spend more time there. I've already booked a, a two-week vacation to start 2018 where I'm going to be, you know, doing my thing from there. Uh, I want to spend at least three months in Tenerife in 2018. And, you know, see how that goes, really, and just kind of sandwich my uh, residency in the UK with working in the sunshine and, uh, you know, creating some limitless abundance for me and my family through, you know, automation, delegation in the success party business. 
Oh, that, that sounds great, man. Now, hmm. uh, I I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today. Uh, it's been it's been a really great time. Uh, is there, sure. it's, it's been fun. Is there any last thoughts you'd like to share before we wrap up here? Oh uh, well, you, you you took me back to a time that I I, I haven't really thought of you know i certainly don't think of it day by day you know growing the big business but you know if it is your if it is your aim to grow a big business you know start with the end in mind because there will come a point when it's no longer fun and you know fun and excitement and engagement and you know i know you do this joe i can see this in, in everything you say and do you know you leap out of bed in the morning and you know work is fun isn't it business is fun and when you get to the point when it isn't, you need to have some options and grooming a business from day one, you know, starting the business with the end in mind is the single most powerful thought you can have. I think, um, you know, just make a business that, you know, you can either close down without losing your life or you can sell to, to somebody else, you know, and, and, and get onto the next great adventure. Hmm. No, I totally, totally agree. And if you are looking to connect with someone who can help you with your exit strategy. Amongst other things. <laughs> uh, thank you. How can they get in touch with you, Johnny? Yeah, well, j- just uh, just find me online at thesuccessparty.com. Uh, sign up and, and start a conversation. Um, I, I publish a daily blog, which is a labor of love. I massively enjoy it. It's called uh, The Daily Brain Tattoo. <laughs> which is self-explanatory and will grab your attention, hopefully. So, yeah, just sign up on thesuccessparty.com and uh, I'll be there and I'll see you on the other side. Awesome. I will have that uh, in the show notes at thebusinesspodcast.com. And I would love to have you on the show again in like a year to check in and see how you've been, man. Superb. I'll be here. All right. And if you've been enjoying this episode of The Business Podcast, you know, Share it with a friend. That's all I could ask you to do. Just share it with someone who could get some knowledge out of it that could help their business, that could help their life, that help their managerial skills, help them build their exit strategy, help them build their processes so they could start building their business for their lifestyle, not their lifestyle for their business. Thanks again, Johnny. I really appreciate it. You got it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Business Podcast featuring Super Joe Pardo. Get more business content at superjoepardo.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on The Business Podcast, send an email to joe at superjoepardo.com. The Business Podcast is copyrighted to 234 Solutions, LLC.